Hare Krishna. This is Ravindra Srutas checking in for our Canto 11, Chapter 20, continuing study of Srimad Bhagavatam. Panchakalpa Trivishya Klipa Sindhu Bhavacha Patitanam Pavanevyo Vaishnavevyo Namo Namaha. So we're in the section, uh, at least titled this way by, uh, described this way by Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, starting through 18, going through uh, the first line of text number 27, for the actions necessary for persons qualified for jnana. And so we're on text 19 today. Uh, text 18, just to review it, had, uh, his translation was, a transcendentalist having becoming disgusted. That's always a key word for jnana. Uh, disgusted and hopeless uh, in all endeavors for material happiness, completely controls the senses and develops detach- detachment. By spiritual practice, uh, he should then fix the mind on the spiritual platform without deviation. So this is the beginning of this discussion. And then we'll continue now with uh, uh, text 19. Where it goes on. So I'll read that text. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So 19 goes. Let me read from the book, it's easier. Dharyamanam Manaudarhi. Brahm Yad Ash Shvanavastitam. Atandito nurodhina marginatma vasham nayet. Whenever the mind, being concentrated on the spiritual platform, is suddenly deviated from its spiritual position, uh, one should carefully bring it under the control of the self by following the prescribed means. Uh, and now, it, it, remember the subject is uh, to uh, 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 fix the mind on the spiritual platform without deviation. Right? That's, that's what it's been talking about. Dhariyat achalam mana. And notice... It's about the mind and controlling the mind. That'll be a theme here in this section here. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, um, Bones for me uh, translates this. Um, no, excuse me. Yeah, that's right. He translates this a little differently based on Srila Swami. When the mind which attempts to concentrate becomes doubly agitated and suddenly deviates 
one should carefully bring the mind under control, giving some regard to its expectations. It's a little different. Uh, so this says dharyamana, being concentrated on the spiritual platform, mana, the mind. Yadhi brahmyat, when it wanders or deviates, becomes bewildered. Uh, ashu, suddenly. Uh, and then anavastitam, then is not situated on the spiritual platform. Carefully, then this anurodhena, by means of anurodha, uh, well, it's actually two words together, uh, anurodhena, uh, uh, margina, uh, by the process, of, and it says here, they, they translate uh, marga as a path or process, and here anurodha, DBT translates uh, as prescribed regulations. According to the spy regulations, uh, you bring the atma, uh, you, oh, or you bring the mind, uh, atma vasam, atma vasha. Uh, you may know this word, vasha. Uh, Krishna is described in the nectar of devotion as prema vasha. He's controlled by the love of his devotees. So here, the Atmavasha, the mind should be controlled by the self, the soul. Uh, and so there's this word, Anarodhena. Bhishma Chakravarti Thakur says, when the mind concentrated with effort suddenly becomes doubly agitated. You know, uh, I, I guess this idea of... Uh, Ashu being you know, very sudden and maybe strong. Uh, from its initial position with great intensity, one should bring it under control. Uh, and this is how he uh, uh, explains this anurodha, by showing some slight regard for fulfilling its needs. And then he says, he explains this idea of double agitation. Double agitation takes place when one begins to concentrate on the strong urges of lust and other emotions. So sometimes there's a deviation as, oh, I've got to put something else on my shopping list or something like that. And then the other deviation when there's very strong uh, urge like lust or greed or fear or something like that. So that's what he means by double agitation. So, um, the, uh, uh, here's what the uh, DBT purport says about this um, Anuroda. Uh, Although one is seriously engaging the mind in Krishna consciousness, the mind is so flickering that it may suddenly be deviated from its spiritual position. One should then carefully bring the mind back under the control of the self. It is stated in Bhagavad Gita that if one is too austere or too sensuous, one cannot control the mind either way. Sometimes one may bring the mind under the control by allowing 
the material senses, limited satisfaction. Uh, this is based on Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur showing some slight regard for fulfilling its needs. Now, the big question in our circle is, what is slight? <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, so he gives examples uh, here in the BBT. For example, although one may eat austerely, from time to time one may accept a reasonable amount of Mahaprasadam. <laughs> Opulent food offered to the temple deities so that the mind will not become disturbed. Yeah, I remember the old days we did that by having gulab jamon eating contests. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Similarly, one may occasionally relax with other transcendentalists through joking, swimming, and so forth. These, this commentary, by the way, was written... Uh, on Miami Beach. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> but if some activities are performed excessively, <clears throat> they will lead to a setback in spiritual life. When the mind desires sinful gratification, such as illicit sexual intoxication, one must simply tolerate the mind's foolishness and by strenuous effort, push this, push on with Krishna consciousness. Then the waves of illusion will soon subside, and the path of advancement will then open wide. So there'll be a little bit more about this idea <clears throat> of how how really uh, to to uh, try to control the mind. Uh, and this this may by the way, in the Bhagavad Gita, the sixth chapter, of course, <clears throat> uh, there's a, there's a uh, similar verse, uh, 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 626, yato yato astiram tatastato niyamyaitad atmanyiva vasham naya from wherever the mind wanders due to its flickering and unsteady nature, one must certainly withdraw it and bring it back under the control of the self. These are the same instructions. The mind is flickering and unsteady and uh, it wanders and you have to bring it back. Uh, most of us in ISKCON, our major attempt is chanting uh, rounds of japa, where the mind can chant Hare Krishna, and you suddenly your, your fingers are going around the beads, and your mouth is saying the mantra, but your attention is elsewhere. When you finally notice, you have to bring it back. Uh, if you just let the mind wander and get so many good ideas or whatever, then then uh, it's almost useless because that's that's offensive chanting. It's namaparad. But if at least you're you're trying, that's namabasa, the dawning light of the holy name. 
which destroys, even though it's not the direct holy name, it's not the pure name, Shudanam, uh, but even that Nama Basa by trying, according to Haridas um, Thakur, uh, 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 in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, this Nama Basa destroys sinful reaction and brings one to the platform, onto the platform of liberation. The pure name gives Krishna prema. So Nama Basa, at least while one is trying like this, is described here. When you're trying to concentrate on the pre, uh, spiritual platform, and suddenly deviate. Yeah, it can happen very quickly. You don't know how even. When you try to think back, when did my mind become distracted? You can't remember how it happened. Suddenly, you know, <clears throat> there's been this, you know, chain of association. You've gone from one topic to another, and so on. Um, uh, so this, so. So there'll be a little more idea about how to, some slight regard for fulfilling its needs. Because if, if uh, um, we'll get to that. It'll, it'll come up again. So then we continue this discussion, uh, uh, text 20. Mano gatim navisredjed, well, this reject, but because of Manogatim Navisya Jajit Prana Jitimriaha, I see the J is there, Navisya Jajit Prana Jitimriaha, Sattva Sampanaya Buddha, Mana Atma Vasham Nayit. You notice the repetition in this verse, Atma Vasham, under the control of the the the, uh, the self. Manavatim, uh, uh, one should never lose sight of the actual goal of mental activities. Here, Gatim is translated as goal. Uh, as the goal, the goal of mental activities, but rather conquering the life, air, and senses, this jitta prana. Jitta means to conquer, so the prana, and jitendriya, and conquering the senses. So definitely they're thinking of somebody doing some kind of yogic uh, meditation. With, uh, this is why they're saying, Vishwan Chakravarti is talking about how this is a qualification for jnana. And so the, if you go straight to bhakti, some kind of, some of these, medit- some of these techniques aren't necessary. But, but, uh, but here, it's, uh, it's, it's uh, involves the conquering the breath, which, which means pranayama, uh, controlling the breath and then uh, uh, controlling the senses, uh, and then, uh, uh, then sattva uh, sampanaya buddhya, and then utilizing um, intelligence, buddhi, 
which has been strengthened by the mode of goodness, uh, sattva. Uh, and then, mana atmavasam nayat, and one should bring the, uh, the mind under the control of the self. Now, uh, one should never lose sight of the actual goals of mental activity. Uh, uh, the other translation is used by Banu Swami of the word gatim, which means action. And gati can also mean a state of being. And when you say a goal, it's, a, it's also a state of being. One should not disregard the actions of the mind. Conquering the life air in the senses by intelligence endowed with sattva, uh, one should bring the mind under control. Uh, uh, so this is the here here the instrument that controls the mind, uh, the the faculty uh, that that controls mind, is buddhi. Uh, because because uh, buddhi buddhi buddhi. Buddhi uh, is the, the faculty of a, giving attention to something. What your mind thinks of, what co- concerns your mind, what is the, the state of your whole mentality, that's buddhi. Uh, what do you notice, what do you not notice, that's buddhi. Buddhi covers uh, 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 the, the faculty of recognition uh, and so on. So it's higher than the mind. Uh, so that's why so many times in the in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna uses the term buddhi yoga, which sometimes Prabhupada translates as Krishna consciousness. Um, so here, here it says that one has to become. Uh, 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 um, uh, in this way, the, the, because when it's what is what is a, a intelligence that is colored by the mode of passion, then it's the mind is focused on the objects of desire. What is intelligence uh, uh, covered by the mode of ignorance? Doesn't know which way is up and which way is down. Completely bewildered and foolish. Uh, so the whole mind becomes that way, but 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 uh, in the mode of passion, uh, the, uh, you know, the, there's not bewilderment, but it is narrowly focused on the objects of desire, and you're plotting and scheming to get that. Uh, so that's 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 uh, in passion goodness. The, 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 make, the intelligence and goodness means that one's consciousness is highly alert, highly aware, and yet detached, uh, disinterested in the strict sense of the term, not having a vested interest in something. In the mode of passion, uh, you're paying attention but only to some things. And those things are important because you want them, or they help you get what you want. And what doesn't help you get what you want, you just ignore. It is worthless. So you have a distorted picture of the whole whole world. Uh, 
so this is this is this idea of, of intelligence, sattva sampanaya buddhya. As far as uh, it says, one should not disregard the actions of the mind. Uh, in that sense, uh, Vishnu Chakravarti is saying one should not disregard the movements of the mind because that could be managatim. Uh, uh, but stop them. So you just don't let them roll around. Uh, uh, so uh, the BBT uh, the purport says, uh, although the mind may suddenly, suddenly wander outside the jurisdiction of self-realization, one must bring the mind back under control by clear intelligence in the mode of goodness. And the best solution then is to keep the mind always busy in the service of Lord Krishna. Typically, following Prabhupada, you, this is a, the actual verse is your kind of a preliminary to actual bhakti. But when you have bhakti, automatically this should also happen, and, and, and a little better because uh, you're, you're, you have uh, you have uh, Krishna to focus on. Uh, right from the very beginning, and that in itself is purifying, and, and Krishna's name, and so on. So always busy in the service of Lord Krishna, so the, the mind cannot wander into the dangerous path of sense gratification headed by sex attraction. The material mind is naturally inclined to accept material objects at every moment. It's become addicted, because mind by itself is really the place of habit. It's where habits are. And that's why we'll read these passages from the Bhagavad Gita, but that's why the mind is your enemy, because it's got the habits of sense gratification. It's associated the object of the senses with sense gratification. If one becomes successful by this kind of process, then the mind is reprogrammed by the intelligence and then it will associate the sense objects with uh, uh, Krishna service. The mind will accept and reject still before it accepted and rejected. Is it good for my sense gratification or is it not? Uh, I meet a person and I immediately, is this person uh, useful uh, or available as a sex partner or not? I've, you know, a man sizes up women like that all the time. Uh, but if if you meet somebody and you're a devotee, can this person become a devotee of Krishna or not? Uh, will this person, and to, which is to say, is this person enjoyable by Krishna? I'm not thinking of enjoyable by me. I'm thinking of, we're using sex here, but say, uh, I meet somebody and I immediately size them up. Is this person a good social connection or not? Is this person a good financial connection or not? And I accept or reject all based on my sense gratification. That mind accepting. So that same accepting rejecting will be there, but it will be uh, in terms of Krishna consciousness. Uh, so that, that's how the mind comes under control. And then actually by engaging the mind in the senses, 
it it it, it becomes retrained. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I, I mean, one of the really good things that happened is uh, when I was a new devotee, uh, uh, my wife and I uh, were the only Brahmins in the temple, and we had uh, Jagannath deities, and we were making our own outfits. So we used to go to the the cloth merchants uh, with their silk cloths and everything, and uh, uh, the different kinds of uh, jewelry, costume jewelry, and things like that. And so we're doing like you would do uh, for something. And the shop merchants, you know, they sometimes we look at some cloth and they'd want to drape it against my wife. You know, I was going to make a some kind of fancy dress because these these are like really expensive, you know, imported. <laughs> and we'd explain them and show them. These are for the deities. You know? <laughs> And, uh, and, uh, but it was, it's interesting. It was the kind of the same process, but now you, now, you, now you start looking at things and whether this is be enjoyable by Krishna or not. That's one way deity worship, uh, changes the way, the, the way you look at things. And it was really, we were just remembering the other day how when we had Rathiatra and we went down the street where, uh, one end of uh, Chestnut Street, some of the cloth merchants were, they wanted to know when the parade was so they could come out and see, you know, <laughs> their, their fabrics <laughs> being worn by, by the Jagannathis. Anyway, so that, that, so the mal- that's one way that that, that's, that should happen. The vision should transform how the, how the mind works. It works in terms of Krishna consciousness. Uh, if, if you don't have Krishna consciousness, then you've got to guess kind of pretty much, you know, live in a very simple, much simpler world in a way. And um, the activities of the mind are kind of unnaturally uh, limited. Um, so here you see, uh, in, in the, oh, here it is, in the Bhagavad Gita, uh, starting with uh, 6 5, uh, there, there's this, uh, Krishna talks about this, about the, uh, this, this interesting uh, uh, text five, uh, uh, one must deliver himself with the health of his mind and not degrade himself. The mind is the friend of the conditioned soul and his enemy as well. Now you may, l- l- when you look at it, udaret, and what it's, atmana is the mind. Atmanam. Uh, the first atmana is the mind, and the second atmanam, atmanam, excuse me, atmanam is the conditioned soul. Uh, one is same word. First time is mind. Second time is the soul. That's the trouble. And Prabhupada explains the word atma denotes body, mind, and soul, depending upon different circumstances, the context. Because it means self. So what, is, what in the context is the self? I, I may be uh, perfectly well known, I'm not my body, but language forces me to say when, 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 I, when I bang my, my shoulder uh, against a wall or something accidentally, I say I hurt myself, even though I'm not. Because, you know, in that circumstance, that's the self. So, so here, the, so the Sanskrit would be one must deliver him 
uh, deliver the self with the help of the self and not degrade the self by the self. The self is the friend of the conditioned soul. The self is the enemy. It doesn't really make... I've seen people translate the Bhagavad Gita, I mean, scholars, that you know, wow, this is very mystical, you know, the self is the friend. So, so Prabhupada clears it up. One must deliver himself with the help of the mind and not degrade himself. The mind is the friend of the conditioned soul. Atmaiva hi atmano bandhu, you know, uh, that that's, the mind is the friend. Atmaiva ripu atmana, and the mind is the friend of the atma, the mind is the enemy of the atma. Both of us are the atma is the friend and the atma is the enemy. Um, we say sometimes he's his own worst enemy. Uh, we speak like that. Uh, in the yoga system, the mind and the conditioned soul are especially important. Since the mind is the central point of yoga practice, atma refers here to the mind. Notice mind is the central point of yoga practice. One should really know that's what it's about. The, the stuff you do with your your, your uh, body and your breath is all preliminary dealing with the mind so many people do some yoga they never get get to the central point uh, the purpose of the yoga system is to control the mind and to draw it away from attachment to sense objects it is stressed herein that the mind must be so trained that it can deliver the conditioned soul from the mire of nescience uh, so in this way, uh, and, and then Prabhupada later on in this uh, text 565 of the Bhagavad Gita quotes from the Amrita Bindu Upanishad, for, ma, ma, excuse me, for man, uh, mind is the cause of bondage and mind is the cause of liberation. Mind absorbed of sense objects is the cause of bondage and mind detached from the sense objects is the cause of liberation. And then uh, Krishna goes on to say in text 6, for him who has conquered the mind, the mind is the best of friends. Because then maybe you now have the habits, of, in our situation, you have the habits of Krishna consciousness. You automatically get up in the morning, you automatically go to the morning program, you automatically, that's your habit. Nobody has to tell you I mean, do you decide, most of us uh, do not decide every, mo every morning whether or not we're going to brush our teeth because our mother usually, you know, instilled certain habits with us so we just do things and we don't think about them. Do I decide every day? Do I have to talk myself into it? You know, you do it. We have a habit. That's a, so habits, good habits are very useful. Uh, so that we... The, when you conquer the mind, it's fixed on Krishna consciousness, then the mind's your friend. Those habits will save you. But for one who has failed to do so, his mind remains the greatest enemy. Uh, you're always fighting. Uh, uh, and then uh, uh, Krishna says, uh, for one who has, text 7, who has conquered the mind, this is this jitatma, uh, the super soul is already reached for he has attained tranquility. I mean, meaning you're really close just to have done that. 
you you are able to perceive the super soul. Uh, the, all the junk. The super soul is there with the conditioned soul. They're very very close. In fact, they so close that the super soul is the self of the self. That's how close. <laughs> and so why can't we see? Well, we know we can't even see ourselves as a spirit soul. But when the, when the mind is conquered, then you can see yourself. And then not much else is there to see the self of the self also at the same time. Yeah. Uh, to such a person, such a man, happiness and distress, heat and cold, honor and dishonor are all the same. That, that's also in the, in, the, in the Bhagavad Gita. So now, ha- having, let's go back to the Bhagavatam. Uh, now, here in text 21, uh, the, the subject has been uh, introduced and discussed uh, about the necessary actions of uh, fixing the mind on the spiritual platform and uh, uh, controlling the mind and, uh, and uh, bringing the mind under the control of the self. So now, according to Vishma Chakravarti Thakur, um, this is an interesting verse. Uh, this text 21, the next text, describes the method of beginning the control of the mind. And then the verses after that were what after you've achieved some success, success in controlling the mind. So text 21 is about this method of beginning the control of the mind, according to Vishwan Chakravarti Thakur. Uh, and there's a different explanation from, from, the, from the, the, the BDT and Vishwan Chakravarti Thakur. But you'll see. So he says, 21, Eshavai Paramo Yogo. Uh, uh, manasa sangraha smitaha hridayajnatvam anvichyan damyasyevarvato uh, muhu. Uh, the word in that compound is arvata, meaning a horse. Uh, uh, so uh, the way it's translated, they start at the back. An expert horseman uh, desiring to tame a headstrong horse. <laughs> it, it just fluffed up a bit. Huh? First lets the horse have his way for a moment, and then, pulling the reins, gradually places the horse on the desired path. Similarly, the supreme yoga process is that by which one carefully observes the movements and desires of the mind and gradually brings them under full control. Uh, so this is not a very... This, uh, uh, Bhanaswami, we get a more literal translation. Eshavai, uh, which means this indeed, that is what was in the last verse, this uh, bringing the mind under the control of the self. This indeed, uh, giving regard to the mind like this, 
is the highest process, the paramaha yogaha, of controlling it, manasa sangraha. That's how he says it. Uh, uh, So it's the same as the second sentence. Similarly, the supreme yoga process is that by which one carefully observes the movements and desires of the mind and gradually brings them under full control. So giving regard to the mind, that is, you know, paying attention to it, is the highest process of controlling it. One should carefully observe its movement. Pridayajnatvam. You should have the, this, uh, this, uh, uh, um, uh, knowledge of, of this awareness of, of how it works. Just as one first observes the mood of the horse, one desires to subdue before putting on the reins. So here the difference is the BBT purport, they assume that you're riding a horse. Vishnu Chakravarti says you're watching a horse before you even put the reins and the bridle on it. Right. I don't know how much people know about riding horses. And, and maybe both are true. But if, especially if it's a new horse that's never been ridden, you know, you would certainly do that. You would watch it. You would observe it. What kind of horse is this? Does it buck? Does it, you know, does it shy away? You'd very, because, because the idea is the horse has its own thing. It's a mind of its own. Similarly, your mind has a mind of its own. <laughs> and you should watch it. So, uh, so this is the difference here. Vishnu Chakravarti says you, you study the horse before putting on the reins. And in the purport, in the, in the BBT edition, it's while riding the horse. I said there, I don't know. Anyway, Vishnu Chakravarti says, says the path of giving regard to the mind, uh, which is, was described in verse 19, uh, 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 this uh, uh, yeah, uh, this, this is this this word uh, yeah yeah I can't find it anyway. Um, the path of giving regard to the mind, which is described in 19, is praised using an example, controlling the mind by the path of fulfilling its expectations is the highest regard. So they got right. Like inspecting the inclinations of the mind, the hridaya jnatvam, of a horse, arvataha, what one, uh, what one desires to control. One inspects the inclinations uh, uh, what one desires to control, one inspects the inclinations of one's heart. I'm going to, I'm going to control my heart or my mind, so I should, I should find out what are its strengths, what are its weaknesses, what are, what are its inclinations, and everything like that. You should know this. It is impossible to control the horse suddenly, simply by thinking that the horse should know one's intentions. One should follow its movements carefully, one simile, one should follow the movements of the mind. Then one can put on the reins and the direct the horse to go. One should not give up. He said one should not give up. 
So the BBT, uh, just as an expert rider intimately knows the propensities of an untrained horse and gradually brings the horse under control, an expert yogi allows the mind to reveal its materialistic propensities and then controls them through superior intelligence. Uh, a learned transcendentalist withholds and supplies sense objects so that the mind and the senses remain fully controlled. Just as the horseman sometimes pulls sharply on the reins and sometimes allows the horse uh, to run freely. The rider never forgets his actual goal or destination and eventually places the horse on the right path. Similarly, a learned transcendentalist, even though sometimes allowing the senses to act, never forgets the goal of self-realization, nor does he allow the senses to engage in sinful activity. Excessive austerity or restrictions may result in greater, great mental disturbance, just as pulling excessively on the reins of a horse may cause the horse to rear up against the rider. I'm thinking of people I knew in the early days of the movement decide they were going to observe the really book, uh, you know, the, 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 the really, what, what the texts say, how you should observe Chaturmasha. And it was way over their head. Then they, became, they couldn't do it, they became discouraged, and then often they went to the opposite. That, that can happen. So you have to have a little wisdom. So the point of giving regard to the right, the, 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 you, you, should, you should know your mind. The, and, and the really good news is that you're not your mind. Because if we are infested by pride, we may not want to admit even to ourselves our weakness. And this is a fatal mistake because it'll get you. you. You can't, you have to ride this horse. <laughs> it's, it's the only horse you've got. And the mind, you know, has been conditioned to all ideas of sense gratification. And the mind has been with us for many lifetimes, so God knows what crimes and sins and whatever else we've committed. Just the fact that we've taken birth means that if we were a transcendentalist in a previous life, we blew it. (laughs) So one has to be realistic about one's own weaknesses and one's strengths. You have to really know it. And, and study it without illusions. Now, it's just one should one know, you know, in what way is my mind stupid? What way is it maybe skillful? Because, you know, you, some people, they hear some music notes and they can reproduce them exactly. They don't know how, they can just do it. Somebody else has, can't do it. But somehow it's built into the mind. You know, there's different talents and there's different... In, infirmities and disabilities. Good at this, good at that. Whatever it is, you should know. And especially for spiritual life, we should know what attracts us away from spiritual life and what, uh, what, what is favorable and what is unfavorable to our own mind. This is the very smart thing to do. And a lot of people 
deciding you know, right away they're going to be great devotees to you know, blow it all over the place because they just don't pay attention to their own mind or they think, oh, I've got, you know, our minds, you know, they, they, they come equipped with sometimes really weird knots and kinks and all these other kind of things. And you know, I just chant Hare Krishna and it all goes away and I, you know, it'll disappear. It doesn't work like that. And if, if the, the, we, the, the, the buddhi is in the mode of, of goodness, we'll be detached from the mind and be able to see it without, with clear sight and not, you know, and just be able to say, okay, you know, I'm, my mind is screwed up in this way, screwed up in that way. I, I got to deal with it. So this, not know, this part is the cause of huge people not making progress or falling away on the spiritual platform. They just simply haven't done this. And people have joined Krishna consciousness because they have some problem and they don't really want to even own up to it or deal with it. They join the Hare Krishna movement thinking, yeah, now here it is, chant and be happy. I just chant Hare Krishna and it'll go away. I like that. This isn't that. I'll go. You're riding this horse. Like it or not, whatever the horse is, you can't change it for another one. <laughs> this is it. Uh, and and uh, and so you should uh, you you should take the, the this wisdom. So study it, study it, and you know. Uh, and, and, and fortunately, we actually have a map of the subtle body. We know what is mind, we know what is buddhi, and we know what is ahankara. Most people do not have this. You know, even people who believe in the soul, they they conflate it and think it's the mind and all these things like that. So this is very, 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 very valuable information for anybody who wants to advance in spiritual life. So this is the beginning of the control of the mind, is this just being calm and clear-sighted and, and don't identify with the mind. And, uh, and uh, if you're embarrassed, you should be embarrassed, actually. Yeah, own up to it. You don't have to tell everybody about it, but you know, you should, yourself, you should know. Own up to it. Say, yep, okay, now if this is in my mind, it really means, you know, it's, it's very bad, it's very sinful. Okay, welcome to the club. You have a mind. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, so, so this is the famous Socratic dictum, know yourself, you know, this is uh, what we should do. I think we're running out of time. Okay. So now uh, we have to, we're taking a break. Uh, we'll have a class next Sunday. But at the next class, we'll uh, take up the 22, 23, and 24. Uh, Vishnu Chakravarti says the, uh, he says uh, to the, uh, his purport, his commentary to 22, after slightly controlling the mind, 
the method of complete control of the mind should be used. This is explained in three verses. So the first part is slight control. Uh, is the beginning of the control. Now, how to carry it on further uh, uh, is will be given. So uh, tune in <laughs> if you're interested in following through in this process. So uh, we'll, uh, I was thinking to get further, but anyway, we'll stop there and uh, pick it up again. I don't know what the date, oh, my calendar with me. The 11th of August. Okay, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll resume this uh, uh, this this chapter then at that time. So the Q and A session has started. I'm going to put my uh, phone on speaker, and then. Uh, People who call in can be heard, and we can also hear the people who uh, text in a message on the, on the uh, Ustream, which will be repeated by uh, Shraddha. So any questions or comments? Prima Avatar Prabhuji asked, how, to conquer, but how do we conquer the fear of one's own mind? How do we conquer the fear of one's own mind? So, well, some fear is useful. Abject terror is not. Because the, 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 one, one may think that, uh, that if you get to know your mind, you think it's too much, it's too heavy, it's too, too you know. Uh, uh, in the mind is what's called karmashayam, the deep-rooted desires to enjoy in this world. Uh, and uh, and so, uh, at least for me, when and when you start to try to control the mind, you discover how hard it is. Uh, and uh, it's, it's for us. Uh, we should understand that we have the help of Krishna. We're not alone in this project. Uh, 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 Prabhupada is set up so we have certain things like association devotees. If you try to control the mind, if you're in the midst of sense gratifying people, then it's very, very hard. We're social and you want to do what everybody else is doing. Uh, and so that makes it very, very difficult. Uh, that's one thing. And the, uh, so, so we've been given this. Uh, organization, uh, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, simply so to, to make it easy. The second thing is, is Krishna is in the heart. Uh, and uh, uh, the, the prayer offered by Prahlad is for Nishringa Dev to appear in his heart. We say that, Hridaye Nishringa. Do we, uh, pray, we pray to Nishringa Dev to appear in our hearts and destroy our deep-sided, deep rooted, deep-seated desires to enjoy in the world. So you, we can't destroy them, maybe by ourselves, but Krishna can. So Prabhupada said we should pray to Krishna, Hridaye Nishringa, that he's in our heart, that he should appear in our hearts, 
and destroy our Hiranyakashipu-like desires to enjoy in this world. And he says, we do. He says, we do that. Maybe you didn't know. We say, by here in the Sringa, Hidaye in the Sringa, that's what you're asking. But that's what it is, according to Prabhupada. Uh, we're, at, we're asking that. And so if he comes, he can do it. Our problem may be we are saying something like, yeah, please destroy all my desires to enjoy in this world except this desire. Uh, there's a famous statement by uh, the Christian Saint Augustine who said, when I was young and foolish, I prayed to God to please give me chastity, but not just yet. <laughs> so we may be doing something like that. Uh, but but uh, at any rate, it's 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 not just our, our own uh, effort. We will we we do have the 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 help of, of Krishna, and uh, it will be there if we if we call upon him. Okay, Bhaktisad asks, you spoke about booty as reflection. Is buddhi also the faculty of discrimination? Yeah, it's called, buddhi is called the faculty of discrimination by, by many people. And, but, you know, then what is discrimination? <laughs> you, 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 you can ask, ask like that, but, but, uh, 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 it's not discriminatory, discriminating taste on the middle platform. It's really, it's really uh, being able to to um, to focus the mind uh, on on one point and uh, to decide on on on, on self-realization as the goal of life. To come to that discrimination that 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 uh, material uh, Prabhupada said material uh, human life is meant for self-realization and not sense gratification. So, so discrimination means to accept that, and then to be able to say and 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 to determine be determined on it, like long-term goal-directed activity is happens by buddhi. Because the mind accepts and rejects in terms of mental, uh, immediate sense gratification. And you couldn't do anything if you're, like little, little children, are, are you, you, they're all mind and not much buddhi. Uh, and so you see a little child, how they just go from one thing to the next and and for them to walk across a little room, you know, a, a two-year-old to walk across a room without getting distracted by this or that and the other thing, sometimes very difficult. Yeah. Uh, or let's say uh, when you're six years old, you have to uh, get out of bed and go to school in the morning. It's cold. The bed is comfortable, nice and warm and toasty, but it's time to go to school. Your mind said you don't want to get out of bed, but intelligence comes to you from the voice of an authority, which will probably be your mother, who says, get out of bed, it's time to go to school. Right? And she, you know, forces you to do it. You're 
pulls you out and recovers if you need, need be. And, and, you know, finally, if you get trained, that becomes your habit, even though I don't want to get out of bed. Because the long-term goal is I need to get out of bed to get an education, if I do, so on and so forth. I can't see all that, but somehow or other, suddenly my nice, nice life is disturbed by having me go to school, which is not all fun and games, but I do it. Because, because someone has given me some intelligence. So intelligence allows you to overcome the immediate exception and rejection of the mind to perform long-term goal-directed activity. So you, you can't do anything without some intelligence. You know, if, you, if you have no intelligence whatsoever, uh, there's no achievement at all. I mean, mode of passion, there's some intelligences. So the intelligence works every, everywhere. Intelligence governs recognition, uh, the phenomenon of recognition. You see something and then you recognize it. That's also intelligence. So it functions in many ways. Uh, and, and so but, but people speak, up, speak, speak of it as discrimination when, when uh, basically the Bhagavad Gita uh, Prabhupada says it is the culture of intelligence. Prabhupada once said that, that, uh, that there are four kinds of culture, culture of the body, culture of the mind, culture of intelligence, and culture of the soul proper. So the culture of the body, we have all these things in, 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 the, in the world for making, uh, giving the body sense gratification. We have uh, we have restaurants and, and theaters, and we also have, you know, have places for exercise and all that kind of stuff. So those are all over the place. Uh, facilities for the culture of the body, for dressing the body nicely, and all that kind of stuff. And then the culture of the mind are these uh, the universities and schools and think tanks, which basically they they get an idea. Uh, they play with it for a while, then they reject it, and then there's another idea, and then they play with that for a while, and then that becomes unfashionable, and they get another one. This, I mean, the worst things you can say in academics is, oh, we don't do that anymore. We don't think like that. Oh, that's passe. Just, it's, there really it is accepting and rejecting in terms uh, of, uh, of just mental activity, you know, just, just the culture of the mind. Uh, one one philosopher I know uh, said that in, in, in philosophy it's not that, uh, that 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 something gets disproven and then replaced by something better. It's just that people get tired of doing one something and then go on to something else. And, and you know so there you know so there's idealism and after a while people get sick of idealism and they go to realism. And then they do that for a while, and then all of a sudden there's neo-idealism, or so, you know, <laughs> they just keep changing it. So that's the mental, that's the mental platform. The scientific theories, although they're not like philosophy, nevertheless they also keep going through, through, through things like that. That's the culture of the mind. Culture of the intelligence, Prabhupada said, is Bhagavad Gita, because it's about Buddha Yoga. The uh, Dami Buddha Yoga Tam. Uh, I give them the Buddha Yoga by which they can come to me, and so that that uh, the result of their culture of intelligence or discrimination, if you want to, is, is that you surrender to Krishna. What happens when you surrender to Krishna? Then the culture of the soul. 
and that's the Bhagavatam. And because the Bhagavatam is said to pick up where the Bhagavad Gita leads up, the, the early verse in Dharma Projita Kaitavo Atra Paramo Nirmatsaranam Satam. This is this Bhagavatam is rejecting uh, for those who reject all Kaitava Dharma, materially motivated uh, religions, uh, which is the Sarva Dharma Purijajama Kamsaranam the ending of the Bhagavad Gita. So. So, so the, 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 the Bhagavatam is preliminary, the Bhagavad Gita is preliminary, and then the Bhagavatam. So it's the culture of the soul proper. So that's Prabhupada's analysis of four cultures. Dinesh asks, taming the course of the mind to get full control of it means to understand the weakness of the mind so we can appropriately apply the prescribed duties of our nature and some scars like marriage, etc. on it. Question mark at the end. Yeah, that's true. Then you also know the strengths of your mind. I mean, it's like a tool you've been given and it has some good things too. You should know both. And you should know very skillfully how, you know, how, 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 how to... As, 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 to me, it's very much like riding a horse. I have did have horseback riding lessons once, you know, and 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 sometimes you know if if you, if if it's true if you too over control a horse it'll rebel. <laughs> you have to know how to do it. Okay. So then, uh, Tulsi Priya had the question. This is a question about the super soul. And teachings of Lord Chaitanya, chapter twenty-three, Finally, there is Jnana Kanda, which recommends activities that enable one to reach the absolute truth and realize his impersonal feature. But the impersonal aspect of the absolute truth is not the last word. Above the impersonal feature is the Paramatma, or Supersoul, and above that is the personal aspect of the absolute truth. And the question is, so is the Supersoul some category between personal and impersonal? In a way. I mean, uh, uh, depends on how you encounter the super soul. Uh, For the the yogis who encounter the super soul, the super soul is there, uh, but there's not actually uh, anything like a developed relationship in bhakti with the super soul. Uh, but the super soul is, a, Krishna says, eka amshena, it's an eka amsha, it's a piece of myself. And so with Krishna, the piece and the whole are the same. So potentially, if, if, if you're, you're a bhakti, the super soul is much more than just a thing by itself. But for the yogis who go to the super soul, first of all, most of them are interested in powers. I mean, siddhas. Uh, 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 and inquiring things like that, uh, and uh, uh, but but they recognize that there is a that there 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 is uh, in themselves uh, they are in contact with someone who gives intelligence and guidance, and that same one in, in their in, in their hearts is actually the soul of the universe. But the super soul uh, is 
uh, as much of, uh, of Krishna as available insofar as he's dealing with the material energy and the soul routinely, perpetually, and the soul's in it. Of course, he also comes as an avatar sometimes. But that's what the super soul is. It's a limited... Krishna, and all the Krishna is there, but it's, you're, you're limited to this particular view uh, of which you can, you can only see this much of, of, uh, uh, of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. To have a full relationship with the super soul it seems to me, super soul, uh, the most you could rise to under certain conditions is, is Shantarasa, uh, passive adoration. Uh, and you know, some people think that, that that doesn't really count as Bhakti Ras because, because there's no service whatsoever. Uh, so it's kind of a borderline uh, situation. Uh, she has some follow-up questions. Uh, would it be correct to call the super soul like Einstein's universal intelligence? I don't know what Einstein meant by universal intelligence, but if he meant the god of Spinoza, sort of like that, but it's, uh, they think there's intelligence, but nobody has it. It's just floating around. <laughs> And she also wrote, for the yogis, not for the doctors, but I'm not sure what that's called. I mean, there, there's yoga mishra bhakti, you know, there, there, there's, there's, there's borderline places. So there's, the, the, the description in the second canto Prabhupada refers to them as the mystic bhakti yogis. So, so there's jnana mishra bhakti, uh, yoga mishra bhakti, and so there's, there, you know, there's, uh, there's not uh, not uh, hard and fast boundaries. Okay, she says thank you. Um, Kendra writes, what factors transform materialistic vision with a theoretical spiritual overlay into genuine and fixed spiritual vision? Say this, repeat that again. What factors transform, in quotes, material vision with a theoretical spiritual overlay into genuine and fixed spiritual vision. I would just say association of devotees. <laughs> but that does it. <laughs> okay. And an anonymous question. In Krishna consciousness, we have activities in Krishna consciousness to replace sinful activities. For example, meat eating by taking Krishna prasadam, etc. Curved, yeah. Okay. What if the horse is illicit sex? How to give the house a little give for that? Or is the point that for sinful activities the only alternative is tolerance? Uh, well, the horse is not illicit sex as such. The horse is sexual desire. There is a legitimate outlet for its expression in Krishna consciousness. It's not a whole lot. But at least you get to associate with members of the, of the opposite sex if you're following the principles for spiritual advancement. There's not a whole lot of you know, actual sex life uh, on a gross platform. But uh, anyway, there's families and things like that. You know, that's, 
that's uh, that's there. Uh, so it's not exactly illicit sex. If uh, if the horse is heroin addiction, <laughs> that's not the horse. <laughs> that's a, that's, a, oh, that's a very very defective defective. So so you you may have in the mind. The mind is actually addictive by nature when you say habits or doing things. There's various forms of uh, uh, addictions. And when one is addicted to cigarettes or to sex or to... I mean, sense gratification is an addiction. Uh, that is to say, I mean, there's some sense gratification that's, that's necessary. Uh, Bhagavatam says you may have as much as you need to maintain a healthy life, to be healthy. The, the physical health of your, your body and to some extent the mental health of your body, that some favorable ground is there. Uh, but other than that, it's addictions. And, and uh, we have the addictions of the four regular principles are especially mentioned uh, as, as things that are really... There's a price one pays, and the, and the price one pays is there there be there'll be there'll be not advancement in Krishna consciousness, and that's a very unhappy situation to be trying to advance in Krishna consciousness, uh, and at the same time blocking that same advancement you're trying for. Prabhupada uses the example of trying to light a fire with one hand while pouring water on it with the other. This is not a very this is not very good. You might not be very satisfied with this. Uh, so the, so the, our, our, our horses, uh, <laughs> I don't know how far we want to push this metaphor, but some, some of them are, yeah, they're different. And maybe, maybe by proper exercise we can improve <laughs> the horse. Changing horses would mean changing bodies, at least. And although you take the mind with you, assumably there's a there's a ways of of altering that are more 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 decisive than what normally happens. But our mind changes all the time. I mean, we had a mind of a seven-year-old at one time. We had a mind of a they're very different minds, very very different. But then when you hit 25, that's it. <laughs> Today's a plastic mind. <laughs> I'm not so sure. I don't take that as doctrine, but it's, hard. it's harder. Okay, Dinesh has another um, comment and question. The word recreation, this comment part, the word recreation in Bhagavad Gita 6.17 also means the same as we see in 11.20.19. One may occasionally relax within a transcendentalist through joking, swimming, and so forth. Then he goes on to ask, I heard from Srila Prabhupada where he once said, all of our activities in Krishna consciousness, such as prasadam, dancing, kirtan, is already a recreation in one sense. True. But his question is to understand recreation. Well, that's recreation. 
the other other things one may do uh, is go for walks. <laughs> uh, the mention of swimming is there. Bathing is a uh, Vaishnava recreation, river bathing and so on. And uh, it's mentioned some places wrestling uh, because the Madhvacharya apparently indulged in wrestling. Uh, so I, I've, I've heard that. Uh, there we don't engage in what's called frivolous sports. Uh, uh, and uh, uh, so that's a big indulgence. But but uh, simple simple activities, hiking and walking and, uh, and swimming and so on like that. That's that's acceptable. I mean, we go to Mayapur and everybody bathes in the Ganga. Goof around a little bit, have water fights and stuff like that. That seems to be relatively harmless relaxation kind of thing. Ultimately, for for us, um, uh, see, see, for the materialists, they have uh, this division between work and play. Uh, there shouldn't be that division for, for a spiritualist person uh, or between ends and means. You know, the, 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 <coughs> the means <coughs> is the labor that you do and you get a reward for your labor, which is money, and then the, the end is, is being able to spend the money and do what you want and so on like that. So there's a difference between ends and means. Usually in most people's lives, there's something you do for work. But the people that, that are kind of seem to have it the neatest are the ones where the, the, the so-called work is the thing in itself for them. They, they like it so much, you know. And this occasionally happens. But, uh, but a whole society in which the ends and the means of the ones would be a spiritual society where work is play and play is work. That's that's what Krishna consciousness ideally should be. Prabhupada once said, you know, by the way, uh, he said, why why do I uh, stay up every night and translate these books? He said, because I can't help myself. (laughs) I can't help myself. I mean, in relationship to Krishna, the word asakti means addiction. And because we don't know Krishna, we are trying to find replacements somewhere else, and they don't ever work out for us. Krishna consciousness, 
is, is the path of humility. It's the opposite of the material world. Uh, and so people who advance in Krishna consciousness, they uh, become more and more humble. And, and to those people, humility doesn't look like some unnatural, artificial uh, imposition. They just think it's realism. Uh, and as one advances in Krishna consciousness, one becomes more and more frank and humble. And, uh, and, but of course, this, this is just the opposite of the material world. This is the path of pride. And, uh, and you know, Krishna consciousness, things get in the way. You become proud of being humble. <laughs> Blown it again. <laughs> yeah. I've seen those things happen. Okay. So we will pick up again with 1120, text 22 on 11th August. Until then, thank you very much. Shri Prabhupada, Ki Jai, Shri Bhagavatam, Ki Jai.